episode 15 now, Jake. Yeah, that's not even including our mini-pods. Yeah, so we've started doing some mini-podcasts, shorter length of time. I actually just recorded one yesterday. It talks about the new Pitchfork website redesign uh, and our thoughts on that, as well as Sheer Mag. So if you're into some shorter podcasts, you don't really want to listen to like a 45-minute to an hour one, you can check those out on both our SoundCloud page and on iTunes. Really quick thought on the Pitchfork thing. I... I listened and I agree with you. What is the logic in moving the the reviews out of out of sight below the fold? It doesn't make I, any sense. I to me. I actually I have no idea. I think they kind of just fucked up this whole process. I really think they because, dropped the ball. Because that's the only real reason I initially head there is just to see if there's a best new music or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's the same with me. <sighs> they seem to like be putting a big focus on news now. Not all right sorts. Moves. There's all sorts of like empty spaces on there that they're not utilizing. I, I think we're going to see some some changes yeah. happening already. Yeah. I thought you did a good job on the mini pod. And, you know, I'm, am I upset I wasn't invited? Well, well, yes. But I came to spite <laughs> that, Sean. I buried the hatchet. It's outside in your yard. <laughs> ready to be dug up at a moment's notice. Yeah, if you, if you dare record a podcast without me in the future. <laughs> That's good to know. I will watch out for that buried hatchet. Um, on this week's episode, episode 15, we are talking Radiohead. So, Radiohead came out recently. They announced they're doing a world tour. And, Jake, here's a question for you. Is that a world tour or your girl's tour? I don't remember the reference you're dropping. Dude, come on. That's Drake. That's uh, on, on the Meek Mill diss track on one of them. I forget which one. He's talking about Nicki Minaj. Is that a world tour? Your girl's tour. Come yeah. on. I didn't listen to that as much as you. Here's a, a real question related to the subject matter at hand. Do you think that Radiohead uh, announcing this world tour means that an album could be dropped any day? I absolutely think it does. So they've announced a world tour. I think... Like, Radiohead could just have this Dropbox folder out somewhere on the internet that has their entire album on it. Right. And they haven't announced it. They're waiting for somebody to stumble across it. To find it. it. Yeah, exactly. You never know with Radiohead. They're always fiddling with ways of, like, releasing things. I think the one they've got to do soon is, like, a scavenger hunt. Someone finds a treasure chest, and you have to, like, look for it. I just got That would be awesome. Anyways, but I, um... I think that it's likely that we're gonna get one like soon, like without an announcement. I, so if you if if anybody probably not has, a scavenger hunt. If anybody has listened to past episodes, Jake and I did our musical over unders for the year, and one of our questions was over or under four and a half days for the notice we would get on a new Radiohead album. I took the under, you took the over, so we're gonna see what I think ends I'm, up happening. I think I was banking on for them. Like a week is like a long time. Last time it was four days. It was like from yeah. Valentine's Day to the 18th of February, I think, with King of Limb. So we'll see. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. But on this episode, so in honor of this announcement of a world tour, as well as the upcoming album, which we are sure to get, we wanted to dive into Radiohead as a band in general and do something similar to what we did with our Beatles podcast yeah. um, about a month ago. So we're going to talk about things like our favorite and least favorite albums by the band, uh, talk about their album covers a little bit because they've had some of the most unique album covers and album artwork of any contemporary artist, favorite songs, uh, favorite and least favorite album titles, and then just kind of talk about uh, them in general and what they've meant to music. 
um, and quick background on Radiohead for anyone who decided to listen to this podcast without knowing anything about them, which is an odd move on your part. But they're a British band, got their start in the late 80s, released their first album in the early 90s, Pablo Honey. It had Creep on it, the song Creep, which is probably still their most well-known single ever. And then that album sort of exhibited a grungy, early alt-rock uh, sound. And then through the 90s, early 2000s, and now with King of Limbs in 2011, the 2010s, they have released an eclectic blend of, of albums progressing from sound to sound with each new record. And for all the listeners at home, Jake was not reading some like critical summary of the band that was just off the off the top of his head was that good it was very impressive wow an eclectic blend of whatever the fuck you said that was amazing of spices yeah you know? that was yeah. great so i think a great place to start with radiohead is just talking about what is your favorite album by them so i think we may have the same one which might mean we have to take different ones to make this more interesting the one i'm going to say today is my favorite is in Rainbows, their 2007 release, um, which was after, so they had um, OK Computer in 1997, and then Kid A in 2000, then Amnesiac, then Hail to the Thief. This was the, the follow-up to Hail to the Thief, and it was kind of, it was definitely not a return to their early form, but it was their first, I'd say, in a while, straight rock record. It like pretty much is a rock album. It's obviously it's more uh, idiosyncratic. There's some weirder sounds on there, but it's it's an album that's based largely on guitars, drums, Tom York's voice, and it's uh, I think it's my favorite overall. It has one of my favorite songs for sure. Yeah, so I go back and forth between In Rainbows and Kid A. They're mm-hmm. they're basically one A and one B, depending on what mood I'm in. One of those albums will end up being my favorite. So I think I want to highlight Kid A. Um, just for what it means to music and the cool sounds that they're exploring on this album, this is one that had just come off of... Um, so in 1997, Radiohead released OK Computer, which ended up being a smash hit. Um, you had songs like Paranoid Android and Karma Police on there. A pretty, um, you know, like much like in Rainbow's really a rock record yeah but with a different sound it, it's almost like what they did with that album which was so like revolutionary is they took the, the sounds of alternative rock like sort of a heavy that's still a heavy album it still sounds kind of like the bends like in terms of like how heavy the guitars are there's still solos on it and stuff but they're moving towards sounds that sound a little more synthetic a little more like computerized and stuff and i think that's where that album received its sort of acclaim was that it sounded ahead of its time right so 2000 comes around, turn of the century. Tom York is, you know, it's this legend that he is bored of guitar. He's fed up. He's fed up with it. He can't he can't do anything with guitar anymore. This has been rhetoric that that has happened for years since then where you hear every indie musician saying, "Oh, I'm I'm sick of guitars. I'm bored of guitars." They're pulling a Tom York. It's a cliche that was born by Tom York and I think it it's an all-time tortured genius move yeah. to like <laughs> to like just be too constrained by the six <laughs> strings of a guitar to like even fathom touching it. And but the result was Kid A, so I'm glad that Tom York was tortured. So, yeah, so instead of the contrived attempts at getting away from guitar music that we get now from basically everybody and their brother, we instead got a work of absolute genius from Tom York and Radiohead with Kid A, 
which just the electronic sounds that they introduced, the layers of sound and just what um, a, a song could be in pop music at the time or rock music at the time was just really revolutionary. And I think this is an album that still holds up today. And if it got released in the year 2016, I think would still sound very current and would end up being one of the best, if not the best, album released this year. I think that's how good it is. I totally agree. And if I didn't pick In Rainbows, I was probably going to pick Kid A. Um, I just love what they, like like you said, what they do with sounds on this. Like Tom York's vocals sometimes are completely warped and messed with, like on the song Kid A. Um, and just the sounds they were using, the electronic sounds and the experimentation. It's like, for Radiohead, it's definitely their biggest experimenting sort of messing with stuff album that and amnesiac which came sort of in conjunction with it the year later yeah exactly and amnesiac was a lot of leftovers from that kid a uh recording session which is really interesting that they had that much material to be able to put out two really really good albums it is if you listen to our kendrick lamar untitled unmastered breakdown podcast i made the comparison of untitled unmastered to amnesiac in that like the new kendrick release it's like a really great album that stands on its own, Amnesiac. Even though it was released from the, it was a bunch of leftovers from the Kid A sessions. It's definitely worth listening to. That's yeah. a really interesting era for Radiohead. It's fascinating because a lot of the the sounds that they were doing on Kid A and Amnesiac started to influence every album they had since then. Like you look at Hail to the Thief. Um, you know, it's not as experimental as a Kid A or an Amnesiac. However, there's a lot of those elements that are woven throughout that they also layered on top of that guitar rock sound right. that they'd become accustomed to. And, you know, you mentioned it's the same thing on In Rainbows. It is more of a rock sound. However, there's these elements of um, ambient sound or electronic music that are also on there. And then, obviously, yeah. King of Limbs, which came out in 2011, that's... It, it's a rock record, but a lot of it, there's a lot of uh, electronic influences it's on experimental. that as well. Yeah. It's experimental. And I think to get back to In Rainbows... Um, the thing that is interesting about that album is that it seems that Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, Ed O'Brien, um, who play most of the guitars in the band, I don't know if Tom York actually lays down guitar tracks for their albums, but I, I know he plays guitar live and stuff sometimes. But um, on that album, it seems like they discovered a love for just clean guitar tones. That's all over. Like, if you think about the, the opening riff to House of Cards, it's just that like no distortion. Yeah. Just a little bit of gain guitar. And that's not what characterized albums like The Benz, Pablo Honey, OK Computer. If you think of the opening of OK Computer with um, Airbag. Airbag, it's hugely distorted riff. Fuzzed out, yeah. And then with In Rainbows, what's so cool about that is like they're doing this really clean recording sound. Um, just songs that are produced really well, but more minimally, in my opinion. There's just not as much going on. And it's actually, and, and it's to their credit that it works as well as it does. Yeah, and I think for all the studio wizardry and instrumentation and experimental sounds that they do, what doesn't get lost with Radiohead is their ability to connect emotionally with you. Like, if you look at an album like Kid A, this is one that maybe on first or second listen would appear cold and inhuman in a way, just from the, the sounds that they're introducing. But as you spend more time with it and as you start to unpack it more, this is an album that, at, at its core, I think is a really emotional... Um, thing that that you end up relating to in a lot of ways, and that's those two albums, In Rainbows and Kid A. They're two of my favorites by them, just because of how much I connect emotionally to them. Not only for just 
the music itself, but where I was at in my life too. And I'm sure that's that's the case with a lot of Radiohead fans. And I think one of the things also on top of that that resonates more so with Radiohead than other experimental bands is that Tom York, Greenwood, whoever's actually writing the songs, I think Tom York's the prim primary songwriter, he's a really, really powerful and, and just good songwriter. He writes like despite all the experimentation at its core is a good song and that's what's missing with a lot of experimental music is that it sure you can mess around with sounds and like give us ear candy and make it sound really cool but if, I think in a lot of cases unless there's a song that's really good at its core it's going to sort of fall to, uh, as as not as good and I think Tom York and just the rest of the band they seem to have this really good thing going where I don't know who necessarily writes every song. I think again, it's Tom York, but but they they bring it together in a way that really works, even if you strip it away. If if you took a song like, well, maybe not Kid A. Kid A is an example of like one where the experimentation is probably m more results in a package that's bigger than what it is. But I think if they could find a way to strip it down, because at its core, I think there's a song there. I think you. So two things. One, I think you could argue that there are songs on Kid A that if you took away some of those sounds, absolutely they'd still be good songs. I think Idiotech is a good example yeah. of that. Other songs like National Anthem, you take away all of those sounds and horns that the are horns coming are... in, like, yeah, it's not going to be much of a song. You still have a bass riff. That's true, which is an awesome bass riff. The and you could easily thing... supp supplement that with, like, guitars yeah, and stuff. Sure. Yeah, sure. The other thing that's cool about Radiohead is you mentioned their experimentation, and a lot of other bands seem to experiment for experimentation's sake. Radiohead experimented with a lot of different sounds, but not at the expense of the song itself and having a great song. And, and like you said, I think making sure that like you know you had a melody, you you had these foundation building blocks in place first were one of the most important things for them, and why you get these great works of art. And Tom York's voice is another thing that's, that's right. incredibly important that I think when you've been accustomed to Radiohead for a long time, you grow you grow just used to it and take it for granted. But he is one of the best voices in rock history, in my opinion. Absolutely. He is just a really powerful... He can do falsetto. It's like a high voice by nature, but he can... He does a lot of falsetto stuff, and it's just like this really powerful... Uh, there's a lot behind it, and it's, it's this sort of... Um, to me, characterizes what their sound's all about. Like, you can tell it immediately... That a song is a Radiohead song as soon as he's on. It, yeah. He doesn't sound like anyone else at yeah. all. Absolutely. Yeah, so two favorite <laughs> albums for both Jake and I. Um, I think it's some order of In Rainbows and Kid A for both of us. It's hard to decide between the two. Depending, it's depending on what day it is, you'll get a different answer. And it's honestly hard to decide, like for me, on a given day, which Radiohead album I want to listen to between like my top five or six. True. I would listen to any of them. So going kind of the opposite way... Uh, least favorite album by them. And now let's let's take a step back for a second and say there's no bad Radiohead album. No. Any one of these could probably be your favorite. And I think we both have the same least favorite, and this is probably most people's least favorite. Now, least favorite in this case does not mean bad. Right, that's key. That's I mean, very, and, and very the, key. And we, I think, tend to throw around phrases like least favorite without that buffer there because we both know what it means to one another and we just sort of that's how we talk about music but yeah we're not in any way like dumping on these albums no. like the radiohead has not released a bad album no not even close and and i think off the top of my head i think this is an easy answer for me it's, it's pablo honey it's the first album it seems like they're still figuring out who they are and what they're gonna be um it has more of like that 90s alternative rock just guitar straight ahead sound yep. 
Um, there's some really great songs on here, though, like Creep. Yeah, um, Stop Whispering. Stop Whispering. Like, there's a lot of good stuff on this record. There's a lot of really, really good stuff, and that's the thing is, like like we said, it's enjoyable, even though it's probably their worst album. I'm not going to pick another one to be no, a contrarian. you can't. I don't think I you mean, can. we could pick a second least favorite, but one quick point about... Um, about Pablo Honey is that like Creep is on here and like we said it's like that's a really great song and the sounds on here are like cl- more derivative which is a pretentious shitty word I know but it, it, it's just true it's what they are it sounds more like other stuff on this album Radiohead hadn't figured out like a signature sound yet like for example Creep is not a song that sounds like what Radiohead would become or or stop whispering or any of those songs. stop whispering sounds basically like a U two song. It does and and yeah, I think that was kind of the comparison with them. They're like a more alternative U two. Yeah, grunge's answer to like U two yeah. or some one of those ages so, bands. Uh, this has been a story that's been told many times. It's kind of the legend around the song "Creep," which is the big single. That crazy like distorted guitar sound <laughs> that that, that comes sound. in before the the chorus is Johnny Greenwood apparently didn't like this song when, when it was brought to the band by Tom York. And he was like, I'm going to sabotage this song by just doing this really dissonant guitar sound on it. And it ends up being the coolest part on the song. Yeah. And I, actually, it's interesting because this kind of like more edgy experimental sound is something that would come to define the band later on. So it's like... A preview of things to come. Well, because that what they're like. I think he's doing there is in the chorus, heavy guitarists come in, and I think what happened. I think the nuance to the story is that when they were practicing it, and I could be butchering this, he like turned his guitar up and he heard like the feedback or whatever, and he was frustrated because he didn't like a really love the song, and he was maybe tired of practicing it or tired of like trying to get it right, and so he just like slammed his hand mm-hmm. down on the strings and heard the feedback, and it like they realized. Ooh, that sounds really cool. Leading into the um, leading into the chorus, it actually reminds me of how um, Slash hates Sweet Child. Of yes, it, yes. This is like the kind of indie alternative, like equivalent of yeah. Slash not liking Sweet and, Child. Of and there's a great rock tradition of. Um, artists hating songs you love by them yep. and you read about it and you're like oh i'm kind of bummed out to hear that like uh yeah. kurt cobain always trashed on teen spirit or right. like he would never play it he said it was good in some interviews but he would never play it live right john lennon in interviews after the beatles just trashed half the songs he ever wrote and you read these interviews and for me like as a big fan i get disappointed and it kind of it actually dampens the song a little yeah, bit for me it, how My can it not yeah how can it not yeah. so yeah i i would say least favorite but by no stretch bad no, is, is Pablo Honey. It's just, it's their first first album, still figuring out who they are. It's worth listening to. Um, so I think the next favorite to talk about is Favorite Song. And this is a really, yeah. really tough one. Because there's so many good tracks to choose from. So many different sounds to choose from. There are. And I think I have, by luck, an easy answer. It's not like it's a head over, head and shoulders above other songs. But my favorite song by Radiohead, I've always said, is Nude. Um, this is a track off of uh, In Rainbows, and it's just this slow building. Um, mostly At the beginning, it's mostly bass and drums, and Tom York singing this just haunting melody over the top. And, this, and it builds to this crescendo um, of... Again, it's Tom York's voice. It gets huge, and uh, it just a really beautiful song vocally from from Tom. 
and uh, what he does in the outro, um, Mary Kate always compares to Ariel in um, The Little Mermaid. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. Oh, the part yeah, where, she, where she has her like voice stolen from her oh, yeah, by yeah. Ursula. Yeah. It actually does sound pretty similar. Yeah. And actually, I think Cam from Sorority Noise, who is on our show, big friend of the pod, posted to Facebook the same thing. Like they had never talked oh, about this. Oh, that's awesome. And he posted, he was awesome. like, He's like, isn't this the same thing as when Ariel loses her voice in the... And it's it's true, but it's really, like, a beautiful melody, and it highlights Tom York's voice in the best way. Very, yeah. um, so that's that's been my go-to answer for you. I, I'd stand it's by a, it. That's a great, great answer to that question. And now, here's the thing. Radiohead, for me, has always been more of an album band. I think the... Uh, the sum of their parts is, or, or the, uh, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. In their in their case, it's while they have some amazing amazing songs, it's hard to pick out just one because so many of them work in the context of their album. Right, and picking just one does a disservice to how much you love other sounds. Exactly. So if you and pick... actually, it's it's interesting to to note that when. Uh, when Radiohead's old record label, which off the top of my head, I can't totally remember who that is. Did, can you? I don't either. Was either it way, Capital? Yeah, I think it is Capital. So a few years ago, they, they did a, a clear cash grab of a Greatest Hits album. Oh, yeah. And people were kind of up in arms about it because they were like, this isn't Radiohead. They're not a singles band. Like, these songs belong in the context of their albums. And I kind of agree with that. However, that being said... I have gone through a few iterations of what my favorite Radiohead song is, and I think I finally settle on one. It used to be Karma Police from OK Computer. From OK Computer. However, with my love of Kid A and in Rainbows, it has come down to Idiotech, which I mentioned before, and Jigsaw falling into place on in Rainbow. So I think I'm going to give the slight nod to Jigsaw because this is a song that I can listen to out of the context of the album at any time, really, and enjoy it. It's a really melodic song. Just, it's really a, a pop a pop song by them. It, it sort of is a late career Radiohead pop yeah. song. I think that is actually one of the things that I find distinct and interesting about In Rainbows is that it's more of an album of songs than it is like this overarching sort of concept or structure. I feel like you really can listen to a lot of the songs on In Rainbows alone. You can. I would listen to Nude. I would I listen, would, Nude is up there as well. I didn't want to take your just take take your your shine there. No, and I would listen to Weird Fishes on its own. I'd listen to All I Need on mm-hmm. its own, mm-hmm. or um, Faust Arp, or yeah. what's that? What's House the song I mentioned? House of Cards. Yeah. yeah. Um, Great track. Body you're, Snatchers. You're actually making me want to listen to this album. Maybe we pop, what, cancel the podcast. Let's throw stop on. Stop recording. Rainbows. We'll be back in 45 minutes when In Rainbows is done. All right. We'll see you in a second. We didn't leave. We didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and we're still here. I, I really, there was a point of that where that joke had to hit a wall, and I, <laughs> yeah, I, it, it was, was yeah, it was right there. Uh, all right. So favorite song, favorite album we've done. Let's get into uh, album covers because Ooh. this is something that is really unique to Radiohead that they come out with these awesome works of art for each one of their albums. Yeah. Uh, now, if you look back to you know the '60s, '70s even the 80s a little bit, the album art itself seemed to mean a lot more because you had these big LPs, you could hold it, you could see it. That has kind of, I don't want to say faded away, but has become less of a vocal point of album releases and music in the present. But Radiohead seems like a band where 
the artwork and the visuals kind of reflect what they're doing on their their albums really well and it gives a good watermark of where they're at in their careers with each one of their their albums i agree the artwork they're using so i agree because if you look at like an album take okay computer and um look at that album's cover and the sort of icy white with just all these images of of things you associate with the the rat race and like mm-hmm. what you have to go planes and trains and it, cars there and, seems to be like this freeway yeah it's a freeway of. it's because yeah. that album is pretty much to me it, it's sort of this commentary about what it means to be a member of society and all that and then you have kid a with it with its stark barren soundscapes and, and in, in, a, in a snow-peaked mountain yeah this is black red and white album cover and then in rainbows has a really cool album it's cover this, too it's this warm kind of colorful palette that reflects really well what the sounds on the album it looks are. like a splash of paint yep um hail to the thief has some interesting cover art with all Very the words much, sort yeah. of a uh looks like it's sort of a collage yeah. of different words and stuff um it's and the Benz has that weird one with the the like crash, like test, crash dummy test dummy who looks yeah. like he's having an orgasm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um probably just crashing. <laughs> so there's a lot to pick from here. Um I you go first. What's your what would you say is your favorite? I'm I, I have to go with Kid A. Okay. Um the I think the black, white, and red works so well. Just those three colors are awesome together. I think like this barren snow peaked mountaintop and like the things that are going on around it reflect the music really really well and when I see that album cover I immediately start thinking of like the synths and electronic textures of that album and I think it reflects it reflects the sounds in the best way more more so than maybe any other album by them. I think that the interesting point about the Kid A album cover, like the OK Computer album cover, is that they both look like the place where the music's happening to me. Um, Absolutely. And that's a really interesting thing about their album art. So I'm not going to pick Kid A, even though it might be my favorite. I haven't. I, I need to give it some thought, but I'm going to make a split decision here and say that my favorite is in Rainbows. Um so we're, we're, we're holding serve on our favorite album, also our favorite album covers. Interesting. And if we maybe went in the other order, maybe yep. it ends up being switched. Yep. But, but, uh, but you took Kid A. No, but, so uh, in Rainbows, uh, I mean, you can Google these images. I mean, it, us describing them does probably no service, but it's a cool album cover with this. looks like a splash of color. Is it yellow? What color is the... Yeah, so actually, I used to have this as my laptop background. Because it's really cool looking. It's awesome. So, for anybody who knows, it just says in rainbows, in rainbows, in rainbows, like down the album cover, then in the background, it's like this neon magma kind of yeah. it looks like what would be in a lava lamp without all of like the stuff holding it right it, it looks really really cool and I don't know I think I would be kind of bullshitting if I was like oh and it's so emblematic of what you get on the album <laughs> right I just think it's like like in rainbows is a collection of just really awesome songs by Radiohead I think it just this is a really cool album cover I think there's there's room for that too just cool looking images with with vibrant colors and it's it's memorable too like the best of Radiohead's mm-hmm, album covers mm-hmm. and the best album covers that are out there in general it's memorable what's the dark horse in your mind for if someone cuz i think kid a and in Ra- in rainbows are probably you know and you could argue okay computer are probably like the three like those are what most people would pick what's the dark horse for for their best album cover i think it's hail to the thief 
Yeah, I I could definitely see it's, that. It's most political. It seems like it's it's mo- it, they're most like scathing. It's a it's a really cool looking album cover, and I, I would probably agree with you. And I think the argument you could make for the Benz is um, it's one of those album covers that once you know it, it's instantly recognizable. Right. But so are all of these. Yeah. And um, I don't know. There's also something to be said. I think about album covers that have like characters on the front. Yeah. And I don't know. And also, if we're going to be like discussing uh, images that represent what the album seems to be about. That picture always makes me think of the Benz, even though it's nothing to do with what the Benz actually are, which is an underwater ailment, right? Is yeah, it it's, going... when you, it's when you are scuba diving and you come up too fast. But to me, the the like dummy on the cover, he looks all bendy and rubbery. Yeah, and yes. It looks like he's like leaning back. Yep. And to me, it, I don't know, it, it, it says something about the album as well. I mean, that might be looking too far into it, but those could be dark horses. I'd say I'd probably give the nod to Hell of a Thief's Thief. cover. It's cool. And I think a picture... Alright, so let's say you're a Radiohead fan in the early 2000s. You just got hit with OK Computer, Kid A, Amnesiac. You're like, what is next? And you see the album art for Hail of the Thief, you're excited. You're really excited. You're pumped. Yeah, definitely you are. Um, And so what do we want to do next? We want to go with album titles, right? Yeah, let's talk album titles. This is an interesting one because like their album covers, Radiohead has some pretty sweet album names in my opinion. And now um, I, I guess... I'm trying to think of what mine would be. Do you have one off the top of your head? I think an interesting point to make here is your favorite album is probably going to color your choice of course it is of favorite um title i if i if i have to pick one off the top of my head i i think it has to be okay computer just for what it kind of represents and what the subject of the album is like you said before about like what it means to live in a modern society um there's there's like these robot voices that come in during the album just microsoft sam yeah just that phrase like okay computer it could mean a lot of different things to different people it could mean that we are like submitting to technology and again part of the i guess like failing of having this discussion obviously is that okay computer more than any of these albums has achieved just massive levels of of uh of like being an iconic album and so the cover and the title okay computer just it now seems to like it, it really just it represents to me iconic it just means it, like it, it's, it's like to me if you like it's it's so much that that if you were like it's basically that band's okay computer i'd know exactly what you meant <laughs> yes. i oh it's their sort of magnum <laughs> yeah. opus it's, yeah, exactly. it's their album that exactly. even if it's not your favorite you couldn't really argue it's not their best to me, just the title OK Computer sums up Radiohead. It's synonymous with the band. It just seems, it screams to me Radiohead and what they're all about. I'm going to go with... Um, it's tough. It's, it's, so, it's, it's hard so not hard. to go back to the well. So what I'm going to do is discuss the ones I'm ruling out and why. Pablo Honey, I think, is kind of a lame name. I don't love the title The King of Limbs because it doesn't really evoke anything to me. I think it sounds cool enough, I guess. It, like, it's fine. Um... Hail to the Thief is a little too tongue in cheek. It's, it's a little. It's a little too. It's like it's no, a winking at you. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's don't a wink. Don't wink at me. Hail to the Thief. <laughs> um, I think the Benz is it where it gets interesting. You could make an argument that cool. that's a really solid, just simple album title. And so what I didn't want to do is an amnesiac. I think is too much of a weird word for me to like really right. love as a. Uh, it's not strong enough to me. Right. 
I didn't want to go back to the well, but I think Kid A and In Rainbows yeah. are the coolest remaining album titles. Yeah. And that's what's going through my head as I'm doing this, is I'm sort of eliminating them. And those are the two that are left. I'm going to give the nod to Kid A, because again, it's like, it's, it's succinct. It just, I think, captures sort of that, again, like... You sort of think you get what it's about, but you know it, who who knows what yep. that really means, Kid A. Yep. And it also looks really cool on the album cover. Yeah, uh, just the it way. Does. It, and it just, I just I have a preference towards I think succinct like two to three four ish word album sure. titles. I think two words and like the the A looks cool. It does on the album. Yeah, just a single it, letter. It absolutely does. So I'm gonna give the nod to that. Probably within Rainbow's third, but yeah. I'd agree that OK Computer is probably yeah. their best album title for sure. Uh, so let's say you're a new Radiohead fan. You're trying to get into this band who just has this monolith of a catalog that has all of the critical praise heaped upon it. Can be a tough, tough artist to start with, tough nut to crack. So if you're a new Radiohead fan, what do you recommend to someone to start out with? Sean, I'm glad you asked because if you pop over right now <laughs> to level4media.net, for three installments of 1999, no, we, I wrote an article or blog about just that. It's about how to get into Radiohead, and we've done it with a few other artists, including Beck and Animal Collective. But for uh, Radiohead, I think my suggestions were it basically depends what kind of music listener you are. If you really like sort of straight-ahead rock music, I think I suggested going within Rainbows. Or with, like, The Bends, mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. And if you really like experimental or, like, sort of the more electronic sounds, start with a, I think I said Kid A. Yeah. I think I'd stand by that. The album that I personally started with was The Bends. What was yours? Mine was In Rainbows, thanks to you. You actually That's let right. me borrow it. And that is one of the reasons why I actually love it so much. It was my first one. I have a big emotional connection and bond to it. That's a good story to tell on the pod that, that day. We watched the Celtics beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in a the 2007 playoffs um, against LeBron, close game seven, and I brought over for Sean to, to enjoy and listen, Is This It by The Strokes and In Rainbows by, by Radiohead. I, I was a sophomore in high school at this time. I had no idea the doors that Jake had just opened for me as a music listener with Is This It and In Rainbows, two of the best albums of that decade. Of all time, if, if I'm gonna, I would argue. Oh, for of both my of them. personal all yeah. time, yes. Yeah. Of that decade, undoubtedly. Oh, for sure, for sure. I just and that is interesting. That shows how far back our musical yeah, friendship goes, right. and how long we've been listening to Radiohead. And so, in Rainbows was for me, and it's funny, it's how much it's changed for me because at, when I brought that to you, I was finally liking it. But I bought that album a couple months before that, uh, when it came out. I bought it on CD at Best Buy. <laughs> and that's that dates itself right there. It does. And um, I brought it home, and I bought it at the same time as I bought uh, the first Rage Against the Machine album. And so I popped on Rage first. And, you know, it's pretty straight ahead, heavy, rock, metal, like rap stuff. So I, I liked it immediately. I was like, all right, new Radiohead, let's listen to this. And it hit me as so weird <laughs> and so strange. And keep in mind, this is 15-year-old Jake. Uh, and I thought it was too weird. I was like, I can't, I'll never get into that. I don't like it. Uh, you know, maybe I stop at the bends. I never get into Radiohead. 
anymore or any of their new stuff. And it eventually grew on me. It's one of those albums that now sounds totally normal. It's one of their most accessible albums. It is, and I think that's a product of just being a 15-year-old kid and not... No patience. No patience, not understanding like what good music is. Um, and actually, to your credit, you when you let me borrow it, you're like, give it, have some patience with it. Like It's weird. I don't know if you'll like it right away. So I was expecting something totally off the wall, and what I got was actually way more accessible than what I thought. So... Your warnings actually really helped in that case. I'm I'm happy to hear that. And the thing is, is that yeah, it's it's I wouldn't give that kind of disclaimer today. No. I would give a disclaimer about Radiohead in general, which is that they're not immediately accessible. Right. It's going to take a minute to get into if like if you just don't listen to music that has sort of an experimental side to it very often. But in Rainbows, to me, is 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 like maybe their top three most accessible. Yeah, it really it is. might be their most. It, yeah. I think the Benz you could argue is the most straight ahead nineties alternative rock album. But after that it's probably in Rainbows, yeah. which is so we we got a little bit off the off the beaten path. <laughs> yeah, but I think that was relevant to kind of our background with Radiohead. But I would agree, I think I think in general in Rainbows is a good place to start. It is but if you're coming to Radiohead because you're like, ooh, experimental electronic stuff, I love that. Check out Kid A. Kid A. You'll be, you'll be sure. smitten. So I think to wrap up, I want to talk about where we're headed with Radiohead right now. They're an older band. They're reaching, we talked about this uh, a few podcasts ago with um, ageism in music. They're becoming kind of this legacy band that yep. just keeps churning out music. What are you expecting from a new Radiohead release this time around? That's really, really hard. And I just looked it up on, on Wikipedia just to see. And Tom York is 47. 47 um, years old. So his birthday's in October. So he's uh, he's nearing his, his 50s yeah. at this point. And I think I have really no idea what to expect. And that's the thing with Radiohead. Is that's what's so tough is they give so little indication of where they're headed with any given sound. Look back to 2011 with, with King of Limbs. That album didn't sound really anything like I expected. It, it wasn't an enormously far departure from from In Rainbows. It was still mostly guitar driven. It was definitely weirder, definitely more experimental, harder to get into. Um, and so there's a couple different paths that I could see them going down. Either they just continue down the experimental rabbit hole, and they have three drummers this time, and they're just doing more with off kilter meters and 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 just weird feels. And or maybe they go an electronic route. They follow the route of like Lotus Flower and Feral. Mm -hmm. Or they surprise everybody and they release who knows what kind of album. I, I really don't know. Yeah, we can't say for sure. I think the we don't have that intel. No, unfortunately, we do not. I think the best indication that we have to go off of are some of the songs that have been played live or have like the Spectre song or have been or have come out as like singles, like the James Bond potential theme song Spectre. And this is actually that's. It sounds like bread and butter Radiohead. It sounds like what you would expect from the band from 2007 in Rainbows on. It just sounds like a mixture of those. I think that's what we're going to get. I think they've settled into this specific sound that they have. Um, I was actually reading a really interesting article. I think it was on Rolling Stone. It might have been AV Club about the collection of just songs that they've never released, that they've played live a bunch of times. That like Any one of these could be on the album. Um, so it's interesting because Radiohead does kind of outside of their studio albums, they have a big collection of EPs and singles and kind of one-off songs that they've done. One of my favorites actually showed up on the 
live album, um, which is titled uh, I Might Be Wrong. And this was from the Kid A amnesiac era when they were when they were recording. And one of my, my favorite songs from that that's never been released um, is True Love Waits, okay. uh, which is a really great song, beautiful song. So they have a lot of these that are just kind of floating around. Well, and one of the interesting things you alluded to that I think is cool about Radiohead is that, like you said, they have these songs that have been sort of half-on, half-off staples of their live sets for years. For example, Nude, my personal favorite Radiohead song, if I had to pick, was a song, it was released in 2007 on In Rainbows, or 2008, I might have gotten that date wrong, but um, it was uh, it was a, something they had been toying with live since, I, th- I honestly want to say, the OK Computer, it was. the Benz era. It was, actually. It was like mid-90s, yep. and there's this cool live version, um, which sounds nothing like... Uh, what it eventually would become, and it's time we're playing it with acoustic guitar, I think, live, mm-hmm. or a demo or something like that that I heard, and totally different vibe, and it's it's interesting that they do that. They So, again, it's, like, hard to say what what they'll come out with. Yeah, so, ju- yeah, just in summation, like, there, in that article I was reading, there were a lot of songs that they had played live that were from the In Rainbow sessions, even, that could still end up on this album. So, we don't, like Jake said, we really don't know. I'm excited to see, though, so... I am too. And in 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 listening to this, um, if for some reason you haven't gotten into Radiohead, I, I really doubt you've gotten to this point. But this is a band to me. And I think you'll agree, Sean. Like they're one of the all time best. Like in terms of just worth getting into. Absolutely, it's worth the small bit of work and Absolutely. small bit of dedication it takes to like get into Radiohead. Because I I mean I'd be lying if I said there's not some a little bit of that barrier. I mean there it's not totally accessible music right away. But there's few bands I would say are more rewarding to like get into in terms of their catalog and just enjoy everything they've done. Totally agree. I think that's a great place to end it. That was our Radiohead talk. Uh, We'll be doing more of these kind of artist breakdowns with all the same criteria and topics that we talked about today. Uh, So if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Stitcher, check us out on SoundCloud. If you could leave us a review um, or a rating, that would be awesome. And write to us on Twitter at level four underscore media um, for the number, not F O U R. Um, and and let us know what your favorite Radiohead albums mm-hmm. are, your favorite Radiohead songs. Um, no need to be defensive. Sean and I love all Radiohead pretty much. We do. And we so do. we, if we miss one, it's probably just because it's not atop our list. But uh, you know, all awesome stuff. So yeah, let us know what you thought. Um, what are your favorites? What are your least favorites? Why? And uh, looking forward to some of that, some of that feedback, some of that Definitely. interaction on Definitely. social media, Sean. Definitely. Thanks for listening, everybody. Me too. Like and, I, like I said, it took me weeks to remember the the Coors Light and Twins joke. And Twins is 
uh, a musical height of the mid two thousands. Um, the guy who composed if not the the entire twenty first century. If not, when we look back, when history looks back on our civilization, they're gonna look at that Coors Light commercial, <laughs> that that shitty jingle, and that will be the highlight. That'll be the high water mark. And twins, <laughs> dude, what an absurd cultural reference. Coors Light commercials. If, if I one day am lucky enough to father twins, the first word out of my mouth when they emerge from the womb will be, and twins. And there'll be like a stadium's worth of people singing, here's to football. Yeah. And I love you too. That's what I hope you know. the doctors and nurses will join in on. Uh, yeah, they will. They will. In fact, that song's actually like, just objectifying women. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. It's, the whole thing is like assuming that these two twins are going to have sex with you because you're drinking a Coors Light. That's really what the commercial's getting at. Because they're twins. Which makes no sense. And why are they always hanging out together? They're people. They have their own lives. It's, a, it's a pretty broad assumption that they're just going to like bang this like <laughs> old country singer <laughs> just for like mentioning them in a song. <laughs> Just based on like what they are naturally, which is twins. I don't get it. That's Coors Light life. You're right. <laughs> All right, you ready? You ready to start? I am. Okay. Beware the odds of March, Sean. It's that day is today. That is today. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> Three, two, one.